The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the desert, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. I think we all know, on account of the business of the season and the Christmas music playing anywhere and everywhere that we go, uh, that Christmas is coming soon upon us. And so certainly all the, the regular songs are coming into our heads as we prepare for this blessed season. And one of those popular Christmas songs came into my head as I was uh, praying with the scriptures this week. And it was uh, uh, the song from Andy Williams, the... Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And if it now was in your head and you hum it for the rest of the Mass to yourself, I apologize, but it's the risk we take. But that song came to mind because indeed it is a wonderful time of year. Certainly the snow that we had on Friday helped to increase that a little bit as it was, gave us a, a bit more beauty uh, in this time of year that we don't normally experience. But indeed it's an opportunity for us to rejoice in the wonders of this time of the year, when we gather together with family and friends, when we have the joy of visiting with people that we haven't seen in a while, the giving and exchanging of gifts, the indulgence of our sweet tooth without feeling too, too bad about it, usually. But mingled with all of those things, this most wonderful time of year can also become a kind of difficult time of year for us. Because we recognize that though we're busy about parties and various festivities, that we have the joyful Christmas songs that, are, that are, uh, are brought to our minds. We also have those quiet moments in the course of our days where our heart aches a little bit. Where we recognize that though we have the joy of seeing many family and friends, there are also some that we don't get to see. Sometimes it's because they pass from this life. Sometimes it's because distance simply keeps us separate. Maybe there's various other reasons that are there. But there's a sorrow in our hearts. We can add to that any number of other things that are personally happening in our own lives. And recognize that the wonderful time of year isn't exactly perfect. There's still that ache in our hearts that will never go away. And it's that place that the Lord desires to speak and respond today. 
to the ache of the human heart. Whenever we experience pain, our natural reaction is for us to shrink back. Any of us that's ever accidentally touched a hot stove or incidentally picked up a pan that we didn't realize had just come out of the oven, immediately drops it and pulls our arm backwards. Most of us don't press deeper into the burn. Much in the same way, whenever someone jumps out from a corner behind us and surprises us a little bit, usually we jump back, we shrink back. And both of those reactions are built into our nature. And so it's not uncommon for us whenever we experience an emotional pain or a spiritual pain that we also shrink back. Except rather than just shrinking back from a person, sometimes we shrink back from the Lord. We kind of close in upon ourselves. The self-preservation comes first and foremost. And the Lord becomes an outsider to us. This can happen in various ways. Sometimes we kind of talk ourselves into it. Maybe it's that we offer some particular prayer and it doesn't exactly happen or it doesn't happen the way that we think that it ought to happen. And the thought can come to our mind, does God even hear me? Is God listening to me? Did I do something wrong where I, the Lord's just not smiling upon me? Where he's intentionally letting me suffer? Maybe even we can get to the point where the worst of all is the thought of maybe God's not even real. I mean, if the, if, if the prayers aren't answered and if nothing seems to happen, is he even there? And these ways in which we can shrink back from God become a great wall for us. But in the midst of that, I guess, discouragement that can often come from our struggles of experiencing aches that don't necessarily go away, the Lord comes to us in the readings this weekend and he speaks to us with a very clear message. I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. We see in Isaiah the prophet, the opening line, comfort, give comfort to my people. A lot of times whenever we hear about the Old Testament, we, we're characterized as an angry God. Many people who have a bone to pick with the Christian faith, they, they often go to the Old Testament and they're like, who is this merciful God, the one who comes and, and demands that you, that you crush this people and you kill all of this people and you do this and this and this? And they paint the Lord God in the Old Testament specifically to be an angry, vengeful man, ready to just snap and destroy everybody at the blink of an eye. But that is entirely false. Certainly there's an aspect of vengeance, rightly so. But it also is a recognition that in the Old Testament, the image that God uses most frequently to connect with his people is not a vengeful judge, but rather of a bridegroom. Is the image of a loving father, of a husband who comes to us and says, My bride, my beloved... I desire your good. I desire your peace. And he seeks to bring it. The only times where there's a lack of peace is because the people have left the bridegroom. The bride has run away. So the Lord God is a God of comfort. He desires to console us. He wants to come to us and to grant us peace. It's for that that we were created. 
The problem, though, is that it doesn't exactly come in the time and in the manner that we always would like it. St. Peter encourages us today to remember always that for the Lord, a thousand years are like a day and a thousand uh, and a day is like a thousand years. Basically, that the timeline of the Lord is not the timeline of men. That for the Lord, his response comes. But for us, it seems like a delay. The Lord God responds, but on our end, our experience of of the timeline of things, we don't understand exactly why things happen the way that they do. And so we struggle with it. We see the delay of God oftentimes as a negative thing rather than as a positive thing, as it rightly is shown to us in the scriptures. We see that the Lord comes to us and he invites us to trust in his promises. Again, drawing back to Isaiah, Isaiah was written, I think it's somewhere around 500 or 700 years prior to the life of Jesus Christ. Centuries. As long as the United States has been a country, double that, and that's when the promise was given. The promise that one day a Savior would come. And he would be met by a forerunner, one who would be crying out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. And that's exactly how St. Mark's gospel begins. St. Mark reminds us right from the start. Isaiah promised it. For God, God promised it in the words of Isaiah. That one would come. Then came John the Baptist. And now we have Christ. He's here. And starting with that, that threefold connection of Isaiah, John the Baptist, Christ... St. Mark and St. Peter, who is preaching he was conveying, are simply telling us, my brothers and sisters, God keeps his promises. It may seem like delay for us, but it's exactly the right timing for the Lord. It may seem like delay, but it is perfect in the eyes of God. And this requires of us great faith. And this is where the challenge really comes into play. Because if the Lord responded immediately to every prayer of ours, it would be easy for us to treat him like a genie. We just go to prayer, we light our candle, we offer our prayer, and boom, happens. But where's the faith in that? Where's the trust? But whenever we come and we offer our prayer, and it takes a little while, or it doesn't happen in the way that we desire, or any other number of possible scenarios of response. It's an invitation for us to trust in God. To have faith. To be able to place our trust in things that we cannot see. As human beings, we like to be able to see things. That's why as Catholics, we have our, our, our churches are full of visible signs and realities. We've got stations of cross and we've got statues and paintings and portraits and icons. And to be able to remind us of the passing of the season of, of time, which we can't see, we've created the tradition of an advent wreath so we can, so we can see time. <laughs> we love to see things. But sometimes we have to wait for the things we can't see. We simply have to trust. To trust in the Lord. To remember his promise. 
To remember that he's given countless promises to the people of God before. And they, in trust and in faith, they waited. And the promises were fulfilled. Every last one of them. There's not a promise in scripture that has not come to pass in some way, shape, or form. The Lord is always faithful to us. And we are no different in generations past. The Lord promises us peace. And peace we shall have. In his good time. And so we come and we trust. And we wait. We wait in patience. The delay of the Lord. St. Peter reminds us. Is not because we've done something wrong. But because the Lord God desires us to do something right. Whenever we delay again, those temptations can come to mind of, of what did I do? Did I not pray right? Did I not have enough faith? Did I not do this? Did I not do that? And it can seem as if God is waiting so that he can just simply kind of punish us. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you what you want, but I'm going to make you suffer and wait for it for a little while just because I don't really like you. I don't want to really make you that happy. It's kind of how we can implicitly associate it. We're going to have to suffer through it for a little while longer before God gives us what we want. And that's not a good father. It's not a loving husband. Rather, the Lord delays so as to be able to pull faith from our soul. In the same ways in the scriptures as the Lord, on several occasions, he seems to ignore or delay giving people what they ask for. But always, in each of those cases, it's so that they would express an even greater faith. And that what they desire would be given. And so the Lord often does with us. He delays, not because he doesn't like us, but because he incredibly loves us and wants, to be, wants us to become truly what he's created us to be, children of God. And so as we come and offer this Holy Mass, we give thanks to the Lord for his patience with us in the times where we are not exactly patient with him. We ask him to give us the grace today to trust in him, to have faith in him. To be able to place all of our hope in him. And to remember at all times, especially in the times when the ache of our heart becomes ever more present and tangible in our lives. To remember those simple words that the Lord comes to speak to us. I have not forgotten you.